What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams. This is the Sports Grizzly Podcast. We are post game. Memphis Grizzlies lose on Super Bowl Sunday, 119 to 109, to the championship contending Boston Celtics. They're undermanned. This team is severely missing Steven Adams. Wouldn't have thought that he would be the glue piece. Wouldn't have thought that this team would miss him that much. I know that he's impactful. But the the biggest thing, the biggest thing that they are missing is his rebounding. They're just getting clobbered on the boards. They allowed 14 offensive rebounds to the Boston Celtics. You don't see that when Steven Adams is there. Why, why does rebounding matter? Because you end the defensive possession. Kevin Love, awful defender. Can't spell defense. Sloth-footed. Never been a good defender in his entire career. But he took it upon himself to make himself an elite rebounder. Therefore, you can keep him on the floor because he's not going to completely kill you on defense. He is going to get beat one-on-one, but he's going to be a good team defender because he rebounds the basketball. Boston Celtics had 13 second chance points. Number of things in this game that we can point to. We're gonna I, I I'm going to focus on three different things here. The defense from Dylan Brooks on Jason Tatum and the defense on Jason Tatum in general. The Memphis Grizzlies in general done a good job on him. The perimeter defense or lack thereof from the Memphis Grizzlies. And then last but not least, the three-point shooting. I'm not going to hammer this team over the head because of this loss. Boston is a better team right now. When the Grizzlies are fully healthy, is this game closer? Is it a different game? Yeah, I believe it is. I think that the Grizzlies have a shot to beat this team if they're fully healthy. But can they beat them in a seven-game series? And that I don't know. I'm I'm not as confident to sit here and say I think that the Grizzlies can beat them in a seven-game series. The only time that we would have to worry about that is if the Grizzlies and the Celtics met in the NBA Finals, in which case you would hope that they are able to beat them in a seven-game series. But I'm not going to get my hopes up because this Grizzlies team has really stumbled lately. And while I had a ton of confidence in this team thinking that they could be a championship contender this year, there are some things that have me worried that makes me believe that they are, in fact, not a championship contending team. So let's dive into those three things. The three things that I said I wanted to talk about. Defense on Jason Tatum, number one. Dylan Brooks, when he finished, when he was the final defender on Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum had four points. He was one for eight from the field. 0 for 5 from 3. And here's an important part because Dylan has a tendency to get into foul trouble. Jason Tatum only shot two of his free throws when guarded by Dylan Brooks as his final defender. So Dylan is finding ways to play defense without fouling. He's not doing it all the time. There's still some inconsistencies. You would hope at this point in his career that he would be able to iron this out and find a way to be a little bit more consistent because if he can be, 
his value to this team just increases. And I talked about it on the show a number of different times about how valuable he is to this team, even though a lot of fans are not a fan of Dylan Brooks. There were fans in the forum that were booing Dylan Brooks. Not going to go back down that road. But sometimes your eyes can lie to you. Sometimes the eye test is not what you think it is. So, again, great job from Dylan Brooks. Four points, one of eight from the field, over five from three, and only two free throws from Jason Tatum. The rest of the Grizzlies, Jason Tatum had 12 points. He was two for eight from the field. Still very, very good. One for three from three. Still very, very good. The damage came from the free throw line. The other guys could not guard him without fouling. Therefore, he got to the free throw line, and that's what drove Jason Tatum into double digits. Taylor Jenkins and this coaching staff, phenomenal job game planning for Jason Tatum and what his strengths are. The players done a great job executing that defensive plan and making sure that they stop Jason Tatum to the best of their abilities. Marquee player in the league. Jason Tatum is arguably a top five player in the league. I think that you can make a case for him as a top five player in this league. Top ten without a doubt. Top five arguably. And so the fact that this defense was able to do what they did against him is phenomenal. Great job. They're still struggling though with perimeter defense in general. And that that's point number two that I'm going to talk about in this game. Boston shot 21 of 51 from three for 41.2%. That's 4%, which is not a huge number, but it is a big difference. 4% above their season average and 2% better than the best three-point shooting team in the league. Since Steven Adams has been out, the Memphis Grizzlies dropped out of the top five in overall defense, and they're now 25th in overall defense. Sixth worst in the league. Why? I'm talking about perimeter defense here. Why are we mentioning Steven Adams? It's simple. On long shots, you get a long rebound. Steven Adams does a fantastic job of putting opponents in a position where they cannot rebound the basketball. Uses his weight, pushes them underneath the basket. Uses his positioning and pushes them back away from the ball. He is just an elite rebounder. They are missing that. There were a number of offensive possessions that got extended from the Celtics in this game because the Memphis Grizzlies just did not rebound the basketball. There was one in particular in the fourth quarter where Robert Williams got the rebound. The Grizzlies were in the game. Robert Williams got the offensive rebound. The Celtics ended up scoring instead of it being a defensive stop. And Robert Williams cut right in between four Grizzlies players to get the rebound. Nobody was aggressive enough to go out and get it. Nobody found Robert Williams and put a body on him. Had Steven Adams been playing, Steven Adams would have had a body on him, and another Grizzly likely gets that rebound. So that's where you see that difference. But they have to do a better job, they being the Grizzlies, they have to do a better job 
defending the perimeter. They get themselves in trouble. If you watch many games this year and you really pay attention to the things that they are doing, one thing that happens from this team time and time again is they lose their man. And by that, I mean they're they're playing help defense and they're just not paying attention to where their man goes. And he slides a little bit further down in the corner to keep them from possess, like contesting the shot, making a good closeout on him. Or they make a cut and they get wide open in another part of the floor because they're paying attention, they're ball watching, they're not doing what they should be doing. Or they try to overhelp. They collapse too hard and they're not able to go out and contest on the guy that's shooting the ball. You have to find a way to clean that up. Steven Adams coming back is going to make a difference for this team, sure. But this perimeter defense was struggling even before Steven Adams went out with this injury. And this is still something, three-point shooting is what the NBA does right now. So as a coaching staff, Taylor Jenkins and his crew have to find a way to get these players to stop overhelping to get these players to stop ball watching, to get these guys to be in the right spots on the perimeter so they can be a better perimeter defensive team. You have one of the best, if not the best, rim protectors in the league playing center field for you. So you have to lock up, sell yourself out on that perimeter and let Jaron's elite help defense save you at the rim. When you're looking at the analytics and you're drawing up your defense, the shots that you want them to take are those mid-range jumpers. A lot of people knock them down. A lot of people have made a living knocking down mid-range jumpers. But when you're trying to shut somebody down, that's the type of shots that you want them to take. Wide open corner threes are not the shots that you want them taking. You want them taking that 15 to 18 foot mid-range jumper. Number one, it's for two points instead of three. But number two, typically if they're taking a jumper in that range, you're going to have some sort of help defender that can be there to even lightly contest that which is going to make that a lower percentage shot than a wide-open corner three. I don't know. I don't have the answers. I'm not a basketball coach. I can't tell you exactly what has to happen for this team to become better perimeter defender. Making a trade at the trade deadline for a guy like Mikael Bridges, that would have improved it, I would imagine. But that's come and gone at this point, right? We we can't cry about that. We can't whine about it. We can talk about how we're glad that they made the move that they made because that gets you another good three-point shooter, which we're going to talk about here shortly. We're, we're going to talk about Luke Kennard and the Grizzlies' three-point shooting a little bit further into the show. But Luke Kennard is not known for his defensive, defensive prowess, so... You go out and you get him to help improve your three-point shooting and your free-throw shooting. He doesn't get to the line very much. But also in the the offense that he came from, Tyron Lue was not really playing him. So I don't know 
what his role is going to look like in the in this Grizzlies offense. We've seen limited sample size so far. We thought that, okay, we'll see less Jitty and more Kennard. Hasn't been the case just yet. And there's some things to learn. It's hard to just kind of plug and play in this league. You got to learn the offense a little bit. So I would think that his minutes would begin, that they would begin to trend up from here moving forward. I think that we will see more from Luke Kennard. But he doesn't help you on that perimeter defense. So making sure that you're not getting, as, as a defender, the guys have to make sure that they're not getting too far off of their man. They cannot afford to lose track of their man. And then if they are helping, they have to make sure that they're not overhelping to where they cannot get back and contest the shot. You can watch these games, and I will guarantee you, guarantee you, that multiple times in the game, you will see a Memphis Grizzlies player get out of position, and his guy will shoot a wide-open three-point shot because either he was ball-watching and his guy made a slight adjustment to get that extra step to get the shot off, or because they were overhelping and the team was able to make the pass to hit their wide-open player in the corner. Stuff to fix there. there. There's plenty of stuff to fix there. The Grizzlies have to find a way to do that. Still plenty of games left in the season. We'll see what happens. The last thing that I want to talk about whenever it comes to this game is the Grizzlies' three-point shooting. They shot 12 for 34 in this game and 35.3%. Both numbers are better than what their season average is, but it wasn't enough. It's not enough. 35.3% from three is not enough when you're going to allow the other team to shoot 41.2%. You allow them to out-rebound you. You allow them to shoot the ball better from three. You add those two things up, that's why the Grizzlies lost this game. I was happy with a lot of stuff that I saw in this game. I was... I'm not even going to hammer on some of the stuff that I saw that ticked me off because I've been on rants on this show over the past couple of episodes about things that happened in this game and in previous games that we're seeing over and over and over again, and it's becoming alarming. You make the trade at the trade deadline. It's a fringe move to go out and get Luke Kennard. A lot of people were hoping to see an OG Ananobi or Mikael Bridges or a bigger name because of the assets that the Grizzlies had. It didn't happen. Kleiman has been very smart about what he does with the assets and what moves that he tries to make. And he's not going to overpay for a player unless he's 100% sure that they're a fit for this team. And I really think that's what happened at this trade deadline. I think that there were guys that they wanted to go get that teams were just asking way too much for. Minnesota went out and paid way, 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 way too much for Rudy Gobert, and it broke the trade market. 
tore it up. I was happy that this team did not give up three first-round picks for OG Ananobi. Specifically, if you're looking at the salary matching part of that, if you send Dylan Brooks in that trade to match salary, you got Dylan Brooks and three first-round picks for OG Ananobi, gross, gross mismanagement of assets. OG Ananobi is not three first-round picks better than Dylan Brooks. Is he an upgrade? In areas, he is definitely an upgrade, and you could argue that he is a 100% definite upgrade in other areas. That's fine. I've never sat here and act like OG is not an upgrade from Dylan, but he's not three first-round picks better, and I'm glad that Conk Kleiman didn't did not pay that type of prize for him. Let's break down this three-point shooting. Let, let's look at the Grizzlies right now. They're shooting 34.5%. They're 23rd in the league. They're making 11.3s per game. That's good for 21st in the league. And they're shooting 32.6, which is good for 19th in the league. So why are they so bad from the free throw line? Or I'm sorry, why, why are they so bad of a three-point shooting team? And if you dig into the numbers, it's easy to see why they're so bad from the three-point line. You have Desmond Bain taking seven, just over seven attempts a game, shooting 43%. Your next two guys in attempts per game, Dylan Brooks, John Morant. They're shooting a combined 32% on 11 attempts per game. That in and of itself is going to drag that percentage down. Do you want Ja Morant to stop shooting threes? No, because Ja Morant needs to find a way to make himself a threat from outside to keep teams honest. Because if they cheat him and they go under screens every time to try to prevent him from getting downhill and he's able to shoot a decent percentage from three, 32.7 is not it. You want to see him up around 35 or 36% because then teams really have to step out there and guard him. Jaron shooting 35.4 on 4.2 attempts. Stones is 37.5% on 3.9. Santi Aldama is 36.7% on 3.8. Jiddy is 36.5% on 2.9 attempts. The breakdown... And there are some other guys that are taking threes that haven't played as many games. But the breakdown, you have 21.9 attempts per game at 37.9%. And then you have 19, 18.9 attempts per game at 30.4%. There are guys on this team that can shoot the three. And with the addition of Luke Kennard, you add another guy to that. The issue is the distribution of the threes. Who is taking them? When are they taking them? Why are they taking them? Dylan Brooks on assisted jump shots is shooting over 60%. It's like 61.4% on assisted jump shots. So there are times when you want Dylan Brooks shooting the ball. There are times when Dylan Brooks early in the shot clock at bad times in the game, 
picks his spots and we're like, what in the actual hell are you doing? As fans of this team, you can see it. You know that it's coming. We've watched it happen over and over again. But in terms of overall pecking order, the Grizzlies have things right. Dylan is fourth in usage on this team, and that's where he should be. Steven Adams is not taking any shots. And so Dylan being fourth is where you, you want Ja, Bain, and Jaron to be one, two, and three. And you want Dylan Brooks theoretically to be four or five. And he's fourth. What you need him to work on is where he's taking those shots. Make him be more selective. Make him be more of a catch-and-shoot guy. He can excel at that. When you set him up in the right spot, he's knocking down shots on assisted buckets He's knocking down an insane percentage. The coaching staff has to hold him accountable. They have to do what they can to try and coach the weirdness out of him. Is he too far gone at this point? I don't know. That That's yet to be seen. Some people would say yes. A lot of people would probably say yes. Some others would say no. I'm leaning toward no. I don't think he's too far gone because of what he brings you on the floor. You just have to see adjustments. You you want to see the guys that are shooting the ball at a better clip taking more attempts than the guys. Zaire Williams is taking he's averaging three attempts a game, shooting twenty four point seven percent. That's going to drag you down. Jake LaRavia is averaging two attempts a game. He hadn't played much lately. He's been mostly G League, and I think that's a speed thing, but 33.3%. David Roddy, three attempts per game, 29.3%. So you have two guys that are shooting below 30% from three that are shooting the ball six times. Take that away from those guys. Take that away from those guys and give them to, say, Bain or Jaron, or even Stones, Santi. Give them to somebody who's knocking the threes down. Yeah, you want those guys to build confidence. You want to see those numbers go up. But as the season moves along, you have to win games. You have to continue to win games. The Grizzlies are 3-7 and seven over their last 10. It's been a struggle recently. A lot of that can be contributed to the lack of rebounding. Because you're missing Steven Adams. You're looking, Dylan Brooks had two, Jaron had seven, Tillman had two, who is starting for Steven Adams. You, you can't have your big man getting two rebounds, even though X was playing pretty good ball. Six from Bain, six from Morant, seven from Aldama, and then two from Kennard and two from Brandon Clark. Our rebounded 54 to 34. 14 offensive rebounds by the Celtics, three by the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies like to outpace teams. 84 shots from the Grizzlies, 88 shots from the Celtics. So you, you look at the box score, it's extremely easy to see why the Grizzlies lost this game. 
the Celtics score more points. Boom. Done. Over. But if you want to dig a little deeper, you can see that you can really see the reasons. The three-point shooting from the Celtics, the rebounding from the Celtics, the poor free-throw shooting continues from the Grizzlies, 61.9% on this game. And you can't even blame this on Steven Adams because he wasn't playing. 7 for 11 from John Morant as a guard who gets to the free throw line a ton. Said it once. I'll say it a million times. I'll continue to say it until he gets better. John Morant, you have to be better at the free throw line. 7 for 11 is not it, Chief. 25 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds from him. Good line, but I'm going Coach Carter. He had one turnover and four missed free throws. He was one and four. This is a loss that's much easier to swallow because of who it was against. This is a team that has championship aspirations. You would like to see them win. They did not because they are shorthanded. They didn't execute well. They didn't rebound the ball. They didn't make free throws. They allowed the Celtics to get comfortable and knock down threes and a loss in the game. Enough said. Enough said about this game. The Grizzlies move on. They play their next game. I believe it is Wednesday. Let me look and see here. I should have it pulled up, but, you know, I'm slacking. It is what it is. Yeah, next game is Wednesday. This is the All-Star Week. So the Grizzlies play Wednesday and Thursday, and then they're off through the weekend. They play Wednesday at home against the Jazz, and then Thursday on the road at Philadelphia. National televised game. And let's hope that Jaron Jackson finds a way to stay on the floor. Let's hope that DeAnthony Melton doesn't have a revenge game against the Grizzlies. And let's hope for Grizzlies win to close out the All-Star break. They should win this game at home against Utah. After Utah made the trades, the Grizzlies were the superior team anyway. They are far superior now. Just have to find a way to win this game. There's a a lot of young players on this Jazz team that have something to prove, and so they are not an easy out. The Grizzlies are going to have to execute. They're going to have to do... Good things to beat this team. You can't just mail it in because it's a team that that you're better than. We have seen that come back to bite them. That's it. Get get two wins before the All-Star break. Beat Utah at home and then go into Philly on national television and beat Philly and then come back after the All-Star break and take care of business. Should be seeing an update on Steve-O pretty soon. I don't think that he returns right after the all-star break, but I'm hoping that it's not going to be far past that. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I appreciate you guys tuning in. You can get the show on Twitter at ethos grizzlies. Isaac is at Isaac underscore underscore NBA. Candace is at Candace H nine Oh one. And I am at NBA D will two one. We are still recruiting at sports, sports ethos. We're expanding baseball, football, hockey, If there is something that you want to cover, get at me on Twitter. I I have opened my DMs. You should be able to DM me. I had somebody that had to just 
tweet at me instead of sending me a DM. If you're interested in covering a team, football, baseball, basketball, any of like the three major sports, and then we're going to be getting into hockey here a little bit later. If that's something that you want to get rolling, we can talk about that. Hockey's going to be a little bit further down the road as we're getting that one really built up before we uh, before we take off with team coverage. A lot of great teams available out there. A lot of good basketball teams still left. A lot of good baseball teams available. A lot of good football teams available. If you're interested in starting a podcast covering your favorite team, get at me on Twitter at NBAD121. I would love to talk to you about it and let you know what we need to do to get that going. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, go Grizz.